This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. The entire human race seldom has the ability to know when their last conversation with someone's going to be. We, we just are not allowed to know that. Someone might move away, but you can still stay in touch. You can call them on the phone or write them a letter or even send an annual Christmas card, but we seldom know when our last opportunity to speak to somebody will be. In the year of 2015, in December of that year, Sharon and I decided to go uh, visit my family at Christmas time. And so we headed that way. Um, we loaded up the car and we went. We got out there on the evening of the 20th. On the 21st, we were at my parents' house. And at this time, my dad was recuperating from a broken hip. Part of his required physical therapy was to get up and walk. I broke a hip, and I know that's not easy to do. You just don't want to do it. You want to sit in your recliner. But Sharon and I, throughout the day of the 21st, we nagged him, making him get up and walk. Every time we thought he should, we, we were nagging at him, and he would. He'd get up, and he had to use his walker, but uh, he would walk the length of the house and back. He died the next morning. I only mention this to show that we, we never know when our last conversation with someone is going to be. And my last real conversation with my dad was one in which I nagged him to get up and walk. Perhaps if I had known that that was going to be my last conversation, I would have been less critical, maybe a little more understanding. But that's, that's the point. We just never know uh, we, when our last conversation is. If, if we did, we might include more important thoughts. So today, I'm going to talk about last conversations. We're going to be looking at um, John chapter 17 in its entirety. Unbroken, uninterrupted. But before I get to that, I would like to give you a little review of the chapters leading up to that, uh, from 13 through 16. In the 13th chapter, it starts out with um, a last supper with his apostles. And it continues through the evening, and Jesus washes the feet of the apostles with, uh, for an example. Uh, the evening goes on, and he predicts his betrayal. And toward the latter part of the chapter, he talks of a new commandment, one in how we're supposed to love one another. He tells Peter that he is going to deny him three times. In the 14th chapter, Jesus talks about how he's going to prepare a place 
Thomas asks him, well, how do we know the way? In John 14 and the fifth verse uh, and the sixth verse also, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And then we move on down through that chapter a little further, and we get to the 8th through the 10th verse. And uh, Philip is questioning him, saying, show us the Father. There in the 8th verse, it says, Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Believest, not, believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And then we go through the chapter a little further. We get into the 15th. Well, later in this chapter, he promises to send the Holy Spirit. Uh, we go into the 15th chapter, and um, he talks about how the world hates him. Uh, through That's in the 18th through the 25th verse, but we won't bother to read all that. But he proves to the world who he is by miracles and his teachings, but the world hated him still. And then again, in the 16th chapter, he once again confirms that the Holy Spirit will come to them. That's in verse 13 of the 16th chapter. And there we read, How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear. That thou, that shall be excuse me, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Okay, uh, as we go through these preliminary chapters, uh, they're kind of a re review we're going through. We have to understand that these are the last times that Jesus is going to be speaking with his apostles before he goes to the cross. Uh, he, the supper and all this, and he's preparing them for that, but these are his last conversations with them. And then we get to chapter 17, and that is basically Jesus' last conversation, earthly conversation, with his father before he goes to the cross. And I told you I was going to deliver this uninterrupted and uh, unbroken, so I'm going to try to do that. Okay, here we go. There in the first verse, we start. 
These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may also may glorify thee. And thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. And they have received them, and have known, surely I came from out of thee. And they have believed that thou didst send me. <clears throat> I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine. And all of mine are thine, and thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. <clears throat> and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those who thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, and that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify, whoops, I've got to give you another slide. Okay, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which still which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one, as, fa as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. 
I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, and thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. So there you have it. Jesus' last earthly conversation with his father before he goes to the cross. And you hear something repeated over and over and over again in this, in this prayer of his. He's pouring out his innermost desires and, and he's expressing his uh, deepest thoughts of his heart. And you hear something repeated. And what is that? Well, he speaks of a lot of things. He talks of glory. He talks of being in the world, but not of the world. He talks about being loved. He talks about being hated. But the one phrase that I want to pay attention to is the phrase that you hear repeated over and over again. And it goes something like, that they may. I count eight different times that this phrase is used or a similar version of it. And uh, two of them, he repeats more than once. And four times, he says it uh, another topic, but it's, it's used repeatedly. Uh, at this critical moment of his life, probably the most critical moment before he goes to the cross, his desire of his heart is he expresses most is one of unity. He wants us to be one. We can see that in verse 11. And there we read, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, Keep through thine own name those thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. In verse 11, Jesus is praying for the apostles who are with him at the time. But his prayer is not just for the apostles. It's, it's for everybody. We can see this in uh, verse 20. There, uh, there we read, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. That's us. That's you and that's me. That's us. And that's anybody else who comes along and hears the word and believes on him. 
and I, as, I prob- as, a, as I said, this is probably the most critical moment of Jesus' life. And he's pouring his heart out to his father, and he's praying for us. He wants us to be one. One with him, one with each other, one with God. Over and over again. Um, We see it in John, uh, well, in the 21st verse, that they all may be one, even as we are one. Am I finished? Yes, okay. Uh, That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou givest me, I have given them that they may be one. Over and over he repeats this. Even as we are one. I in them, oh, got to get a version. Uh, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that the world may know thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Earlier, I mentioned that there were two portions of the prayer that were repeated. The other portion that you hear more than once is that the world may believe you have sent me. And both times, both of these Requests are in direct connection with each other. There's a direct connection between the two. The 23rd verse, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. On this particular verse, uh, I was looking at it, and I started thinking, well, I need to highlight some stuff. But if I go to highlighting anything on there, I'm going to highlight the whole thing. So you just use your imagination and put your own highlights on there. But that verse is entirely highlighted. I think, uh, I think it's obvious, and we can plainly see, that our being one with each other is very important to Jesus. He truly wants us to be one with each other, with him, and with the Father. And during this, his last earthly conversation with his Father before he goes to the cross, this is what he finds to pray about. Us. That we be one with each other. We be one with Christ. We be one with God. That raises a question, though. What about us? Is it as important to us to be one with each other as it was to Jesus? 
or have we become comfortable in um, the circle, the group of people that we are at one with or unified with, getting smaller and smaller? In uh, 2020, we had a pandemic. And everybody went and hid in their houses and separated themselves and became distant from everybody. And the bad part of that is some of those folks never did come out. They're still separate and distant. This isn't what Jesus was praying for. He wants an ever-growing circle, a circle that expands and gets larger all the time. He is praying for everyone. The tax collector, the fisherman, the zealot, everyone, not just then, but also now. So that everyone can have a chance to share in the unity and be one with each other, with Christ, with God. Most of all, Jesus is praying that this unity be like what he has with his father. I've already had it on the board, but I'll put it up there again and read it one more time. Uh, it says, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. He says basically the same thing again in verse 22 and 23. And we've already read that one, so I won't put it back up there again. But um, I can't even imagine sharing this kind of oneness, this unity, and to be able to give up that which we love the most to allow everyone the opportunity to share in that unity. That's what God did. God gave up his only son to be crucified on a cross so that we could be one with him, with Christ, with each other. And as I mentioned at the start, humans seldom know when their last conversation is going to be. We don't have that luxury. But when Jesus was praying this prayer, he knew if we had that luxury, perhaps our last conversation would be a little more understanding, uh, a little less critical, a little more diligent in trying to convince those that we are speaking to that we are a unique group and they need to join us and share in this unity. If we knew that that was going to be our last conversation, don't you think we would try to include the important stuff in our conversation instead of, hey, how's the weather? We know. We want everyone to be unified with us. And that's what God wants. He wants us to be one with each other, one with Christ, and one with God. If you have not been baptized, you do not share in that oneness, that unity. Wouldn't it be terrible to stand before judgment and to know that your last conversation with God was, I'm too busy, I don't have time, I'll do it later. 
There may not be a later. Now's the time. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.